Alright, it's good to be back here for the second time today. Second time today. All the 12th Man fans are like, that's so funny, and like 99% of people are going, that's Why is he what? putting on a silly voice? That's a silly voice, Tim. So we, we started doing a recording, but unfortunately, um, the gains mm. <laughs> were in the way. <laughs> the gains as were. As they normally are. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so we're sitting here on the North Shore, it's a beautiful morning, mm. um, the sun's streaming in, and glistening off the water. It's an amazing view you got here. I wish the listeners could see it. Yeah, I wish I could see it. But currently, I'm facing you, looking inside the house. Well, that's a bit of you. Isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm looking out at the, uh, the beach and the waves and the sun, and it's a shame all our listeners live in caves, <laughs> live in darkness, both both literally and you know, spiritually. In my, in my mind, all the listeners are like headphones in like, this dark room. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's you. If that is you. Um, I'll give you Tim's email address at the end of the show. He's available. I'm just glad you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a few things today. Um, that was on the brink of just getting hostile, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> just it's getting really aggressive, so I'm putting it back. Let's talk about. We're gonna talk about um, work. I think. Okay. Yep. We're gonna talk about work. We're gonna talk about um, lack, mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about uh, our Western cultural ideals. Ooh. Um, Ooh, that, that this like, is good because I was thinking of walking out of this thing. Like, if it wasn't going to keep my interest, I was gone. So. Well, that's why I presented it to the audience, and now they know. And if that doesn't interest you, yeah. then what are you doing? What are you doing with your <laughs> go, life? Go what home. You, go home, or maybe if you are home, maybe you get a job because <laughs> then you'll be able to relate on a deep personal level. So, Andrew, what do you, what do you, what's your thoughts about the way that work is perceived in our culture at the moment, and what do you, how do you think that differs from from history and how work was perceived in the past? Mm. Do you think there's been a change? Do you think it's more important now than it ever has been, or what? What's your views there? Ooh, man, you're good at this. Just, if you need Tim for interviewing anything, by the way, just get in touch with us via Facebook. This is just stuff he comes up with off the top of his head. Round of applause. Um, <clears throat> what do I think about work? Well. I think people are always looking for something to define themselves by, distinguish themselves and say, yep, this is, you know, what gives me meaning and purpose. And we talked about that a little bit kind of last time around. Um, I think things kind of go in waves. Like if I look through history, um, <clears throat> even say so far back as like the 60s and stuff, mm-hmm. when you had this generation who were growing up that basically rejected this idea of kind of hard work, slogging your guts out and said, no, life's, life's more than just the work that you do. It's about... I don't know, relationships and experiences and, and all this kind of stuff. And so they went off and chased that for a while. Uh, and then the generation of children that were born from that went, this is all complete garbage. Your life's got to have some kind of meaning and purpose to it. You've got to do something with it. So let's get into work. Uh, and I really feel like we're probably about to hit the, the downswing on the other side of the pendulum where the children of that generation have now seen their parents just working their entire lives and slogging their guts out for a bigger house and better cars and going, no, that can't be what it's all about. So... Um, I think we're prone to extremes. Oh, definitely. Um, so right now I'm more aware that people are really tired. Um, I think I wish I had the stats on it cause I hate coming up with stuff that sounds like imaginary statistics. Uh, but it's, it it's, it's something like at least three quarters of people don't enjoy their work based on, you know, different surveys that people have done. Um, and I mean, that speaks a lot to why we even do the work, choose, you know, do the work that we choose to do in the first instance. Um, why are we so tired all the time? Well, we hate what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate doing what you're doing, man, I, you know, I've been in a number of different jobs where I haven't enjoyed the work. Uh, and 
it's funny, like, because we, you know, you and I both listen to guys like, say, your, your Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar's and things like that, um, and they talk about being passionate about what you do and having a having really life world changing goals for stuff. And um, I remember it striking me one time that it's just really hard to have that if you just genuinely don't believe in what you're doing. Um, and so a lot of stuff that we do, I mean, I've been in, in meetings before where we've been like, okay, what are our goals for the business? What do we want to achieve? And felt like the biggest fraud in the world because I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. And I'm walking away going, do I really believe this? Do I really think this is great? Oh, not really. Um, so you never fully invest yourself. Well, I find just to speak on that point, like <clears throat> um, that the majority of businesses that aren't out there to solve these massive, you know, social issues. Mm. Like most of the time, it's like, cool. How can we make lots of money? Yeah, sure. Uh, how can we, you know, improve our lifestyles? Mm. Um, and 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 that seems to be half the time you end up just you know selling stuff to people that you don't really believe in. Mm. Um, and often it's either necessity or it's annoying. I'm just gonna close the door somewhere. The wind's gonna. Alright, this is the sound of our uh, slider door. There we go. Just don't want the wind to crackle and pop. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's not that you know, there's not that many jobs that the actual work, um, you know, from uh, from a um, I don't know, from a satisfying point of view. Yeah, as you say that though, I mean, what kind of shows up for me immediately is that there's a sense in our culture though that your work should be the most fulfilling thing that you do, um, and that hasn't always been the case. Um, I mean, some people are wired that, and I've experienced this in, in the work that I do now, I do with, with training and recruiting people, uh, that some people, you know, the work can just be their work and they can enjoy their work and be good at it, but it's not the whole reason, you know, they're doing stuff. And other people need to have a real sense of purpose about it, that their work's got to be this, um, much more transformational endeavor. And I think you and I are quite alike like that, but I, I have met people who don't share that view. Um, but what I think is important is that there's nothing that says that your work is the only defining thing about your life, but that tends to be what we do in our culture. I mean, if you meet someone for the first time, what's generally, after you've got past names, what's the first question you ask them? What do you do? What do you do? Um, not, you know, tell me about your family. Uh, you know, what are you, uh, community groups are you involved in? Or, um, you know, how active you are in those sorts of things. How fast can you run a mile? Yeah, you know, how much can you bench? That do, you, kind of... do you repair your lunches <laughs> um could you live inside a peanut <laughs> exactly uh, no you're right you're right um we we do it's really put a lot of um emphasis on our mm. work and i think i don't know it's definitely this you know the the millennial culture mm. um is I'm, i have to have work that satisfies me all the time mm. and mm. i i have to make lots of money mm. i have to be really successful otherwise mm. my life doesn't have meaning and purpose yeah, and, and there's also a bit of a, um, a, a cognitive bias, a thinking bias that we all have about that as well that I've become aware of. Um, and that is that it's very easy now to hear a story about the 20-year-old who came up with an app in his, you know, in his bedroom um, or something like that and then sold it for $20 billion. Um, now, the thing is, those are very rare stories. They don't happen all the time. But part of the way that we are wired is that, first of all, news agencies recognize that that's an interesting story. And so they pick the story up and they run it. Um, and then it's a very emotive, um, very affecting tale. And so we all see it and go, wow, that's amazing. That guy, you know, I mean, Facebook's a classic. You know, good old Mark Zuckerberg comes up with this idea for a website in Harvard and suddenly he's worth a bajillion dollars. Um, the problem for us is we tend to compare to that and we get a false sense of how common that is. 
uh, we feel like if we haven't achieved this billion dollar career by the age of 30, what are we doing with our lives? Um, and for most people, that is not the story that happens. I think, uh, and again, uh, if we prepared for these, I could get these stats properly. But um, <laughs> you go a little insight, no preparation done. Um, but that I think it's, you know, the number of millionaires, uh, the vast majority of them, and I think it's something like 80 odd percent, happens about 50 plus. Mm. That's where, if people are going to become a millionaire, that's where it's going to happen. But we hear these stories and we go, there's just an added weight that we're not even aware of that we put on ourselves that go, well, this guy obviously made a bajillion dollars and is now, I saw one guy, what was it? Like he, he came up with some software thing and he sold it for like however many million dollars. And now he travels around the world with his family and they just take photos of like, like everywhere they've been. And of course now their Instagram account is this self-funding kind of thing that you know, like people pay them to go places. And you're looking at that going, oh, man. <laughs> Um, but that is really uncommon. Like that's that's not most people's lives. And it's not to say you can't live an exceptional life. Um, I think what it tends to do is it erodes the value of the process that most of us go on. Sure. Um, that says that you don't start off always. I mean, I didn't, man. Like for the longest time, the one of the biggest challenges for me to start with was to say, okay, what do I actually really want to do? What do I love doing? What would really inspire me? Um, and for some people, coming back to your point about people who don't have like say a world changing um mo uh some people it is just i want to grow a really strong courier business i don't know uh i want to be a really good accountant i mean that's fine like i'm, I'm cool with that uh, but this other stuff just adds this other weight on it that says that you know no if you if you haven't made a billion dollars and especially if you're not good at like software development or computers and things like that you're like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you and I have joked about this um, other times as well to say that, you know, if you love spreadsheets in this life, you're going to kick ass. If you if you love accounting or like, you know, financial kind of stuff, uh, you look at the amount of money that's made by financial markets now, you're going to have a great time. You're just going to be like, people are going to see you and go, hey, you should work in the markets. And you'd be like, work for banks and, and trade money and all this kind of stuff. You'd be like, okay. And then we'll just throw money at you and you're like, woohoo, living the dream. <laughs> but if you don't want to do that, what are you going to do, right? Um, especially when you need a million dollars to buy a house in, in Auckland now. But that's another story. So, yeah, I always like the question, you know, what if that, what, what if, what you, what, what if you, th- what if you have a thing that you really want to get and you think once you get that thing it's gonna hmm. that then you're gonna it's gonna be happy right that, yeah. that, that one morning right. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna have that thing yeah. what if that never happens to you <laughs> yeah. like and then how would you live your life for the next 20 years like like oh, oh, lots of people are like you know we're gonna be rich we're gonna make lots of money we're gonna have mm. this wonderful life and travel and have all these great experiences there's nothing wrong with wanting that mm. and there's really fun things and nice things but what if you don't what if it doesn't happen <laughs> yeah. you know and it sounds like a really cynical kind of yeah. negative question but yeah. for a lot of people it doesn't work out mm. then what you know do you mm. it, it, if at that stage you think well I can't live I wouldn't be able to live if this these things don't happen to me if I don't get this kind of success mm. that I think is going to bring me everything I could ever hope and dream for. Then you know maybe you should start thinking about other things in your life that can bring you meaning and significance and mm. can bring happiness into your life outside of the things that you're yeah. spending all your time and money chasing. Well, I mean, it robs you. Like a lot of people don't enjoy their life. Like there's so much to enjoy. You know, like right now. I mean, you mentioned it before, but we're we're sitting in this uh, <laughs> sitting in our kitchen slash dining area, but we're looking out over Browns Bay Beach, right? 
and it is a glorious day. It is just, it's beautiful, it's nice and warm, uh, there's a gentle breeze blowing, and in this moment right now, it's really nice. Like, it's really cool, I'm here with a really good friend, we're recording a podcast, this is great. Like, I'm in this moment, and it's awesome. Mm. Um, but a lot of people, uh, and I say this like I've always known this, this is something I've probably only come to accept and, and, and learn how to do, I guess, in the last year or so, I think, to a deeper level, is that a lot of people can't enjoy these kind of moments because as good as they are, it's like, yeah, but when I get to... Well, I'm thinking even when you said that, I was looking at this guy out there and he's doing donuts on his jet ski. <laughs> and thinking, yeah. if only I could be doing that. Yeah. Then I'd be happy. Then, then I'd be having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> this is rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of a perfect example. Like, as long as you're looking outward and you're looking yeah. at what you lack and don't have and what you're not mm. doing or you're not getting... Mm. Then you're always going to be miserable. Well, it's because most of our motives are inherently selfish as well. Like, that's part of our culture too. Um, that really, when we're saying that, we're saying, when I have this, then I will be happy. Um, and, again, we touched on this in a previous podcast, but, but happiness is something that follows. It doesn't, it, you can't make it your primary goal. Uh, it becomes very elusive. Um, in fact, I was talking to another friend um, just earlier about this. And see, the thing about it is that when you decide to act selfishly, I think, this is my little theory here, disclaimer, disclaimer, there is a little bit of a hit that you get, like a, a bit of an emotional buzz that you get when you do something selfishly. In, in the moment that you do it, you know, when you see that, that, last, <laughs> that last piece of cake in the fridge, when you uh, decide you're going to put yourself first, um, the moment you do it, in that moment, you feel good. It does feel good. You're like, oh, sweet. I got this opportunity. I got this thing and nobody else will get it because I moved first and I looked after myself. Um, and that can trick us into thinking that, oh, so happiness is found in putting myself first. But what it creates is this overwhelming, um, I don't know, a mindset perhaps that's always looking for ways to put yourself first. And then you become very aware of everything else that you don't have. You're very self-focused, you're aware of everything else that you don't have, and so you then naturally become dissatisfied, you start comparing, um, and the things that really bring us joy in this life, things like the friendships that we have, aren't sustained by being selfish. Um, they're sustained by putting other people first, and, uh, and valuing people, and recognizing that you know, you're not a self-made man. Um, so, I don't know, I was kind of like, trying to nurture another thought in my mind to take oh, that. No, I, I, get, kinda, I get where you're going. I mean, yeah. even the other day, um, I saw on Facebook, it was a, a quote posted and it was a lot, you know, it had a huge number of likes and mm. everyone was loving on it. And it was, you. the quote was, you figure out what makes you happy yeah. and you let other people figure out what, that, what makes them happy <laughs> and then you'll yeah. both be happy. Yeah. And just, you know, as you know, the point that you just <laughs> yeah. made, I mean, that's completely antithetical to that idea Yeah. because that idea says, well, you just figure out what you need to make make you happy and don't worry about anyone else yeah but as you do that as soon as you start saying what do i need to to, to be happy yeah then you're instantly putting yourself in a position of poverty yeah. where you don't have things that you need to then go and get yeah, exactly and i don't have what i need i can't be happy right now yeah and, and i think bringing it back to for the earlier point then we put the weight of work on that's yeah. where we, we we plug work in it that's good man um yeah well and what if the thing that makes me happy makes someone else unhappy <laughs> I mean, like, that's, I mean, that's the most obvious thing. Like, we get all upset, like, you know, see, there's a lot of news and things like that around, like, property stuff right now, right? What if you're a property developer? I, what makes me really happy 
is buying lots and lots and lots of houses. I want to own heaps and heaps of houses. And there's a lot of people who are miserable right now because they can't buy a house. Right? They want to buy a house and they can't because one guy's gone out and bought like 50 of them and now they're charging ridiculous amounts and all this kind of stuff. Well, okay, so what do you do then? Like, what if the thing that would make you happy is to buy a house and you can't buy a house? Now what? What if the thing that makes you happy is... I mean, there are people who do it, you know, who like to prey on the weak. Like, from a financial point of view, there's so many like... Uh, mortgage sharks, loan sharks, right? And that makes the owner of the company feel great. The people who get the thing, <laughs> get the loan at 30% compounding interest every month, they're not happy. So what are you going to do? Like it, 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 like you say, it just kind of self-destructs. It unravels as soon as you make your number one thing. Mm. Let's look out for me. So if you're listening to this well let's say we have someone listen to this they're, yep. they're in a job they're let's, really, hope. let's hope <laughs> they're in a job they really don't like uh-huh. and they're thinking how can i go about this work mm. in a way that's going to bring me happiness because these are the kind of two things that we've touched on here we've sure. got, we're one like how do we go about our work mm. what, what, what how do we figure out what we want what we should be doing yeah and then secondly um you know how can we plug happiness mm. into work and find kind of a a joy outside of our work yeah 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 um i think a lot of us get our our values our dreams our whatever for our work secondhand um from quite young people start to tell you they they observe the different things that you're good at and say oh you should be this uh for example i've always been good at talking um and as soon as people hear that they're like oh you should get into sales i hate sales (laughs) i can't stand it um there's a routine in sales that just drives me insane and if i don't 100 percent believe in what i'm selling um, it's like, you know, pushing stuff uphill. So all to say that a lot of the pictures we have of ourselves and what we should do with our lives, we got secondhand from people and we haven't really asked ourselves the question, um, what, what do I really enjoy? Um, and in fact, I remember talking to a guy a little while ago where I said to him, um, you know, what do you want to do? And it's like, Oh, you know, I don't really know, blah, blah, blah. And in that moment, fortunately I had enough insight to say to him hang on a minute I was like that's not true he said you know what you want to do you know what you enjoy but everybody has told you that the thing that you want to do you can't make money from or it's not a, a viable profession um, so now you're desperately trying to find something that aligns with what you want to do that other people will let you do um, now see I'm a little conflicted at this point because there is some wisdom to saying to people you've got to know what you're getting in for if you're going to go for a career that seems to have a, so say, a low um, success rate. Mm. Is, that, is that a fair thing to say? I guess a low chance of... I mean, people say you'll never make it as an actor or something like that. Use that as an example. But the truth is there are people who make it as an actor. So often when we, often when we say to people, oh, you'll never do it, what we're really trying to say is there's a low chance. Well, maybe. But I remember reading Seth Godin's um, The Dip, uh, which I'd highly recommend. And it's actually a book about knowing when to quit. But the point that really has stayed with me is that he said this, you know, you got to ask yourself, what can I be the best in the world at? Um, and coming all the way back to what we first started talking about, if you love what you're doing, if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're going to put more time in, more effort in. You're going to be better at a particular thing than someone who's just doing it because they believe they're supposed to just do it. Mm. You know, so that's the kind of thing that I think you have to ask yourself. Um, if you get too bogged down in those kind of questions of, oh, well, but can I make money out of it? I mean, 
Look, at the risk of being at the risk of being a complete hippie about it as well, who said making heaps of money was the number one? Well, that's the that's the, exactly, that's, the that's the measuring stick. Like, I, yeah. I, I have friends who have pursued acting as a career, yeah, and they don't make any money, but they're really enjoying their life. Yeah, you know, yeah. they they, they oh, but you'll never buy a house, Tim. You'll never buy a house. <laughs> well, that's, exactly that's exactly yeah. the point we're making. Yeah, you know? like we we have these cultural ideas of success and what it means yeah. to live a good life yeah and that includes um having lots of money and having a house and these things are really nice things and they're really yeah. good things but they're not mm. ultimate things no so i mean personally i would rather be doing something that I'm, i really enjoy every day mm. and, and be able to survive off it <laughs> rather than do something that's horrible and but, make yeah. lots and lots of money well what's more rare in our culture I mean, think about what the real achievement is here. It's been amazing for me to follow Tony Robbins' journey on this stuff lately because he's regarded by a lot of people as the master of achievement. Like, if you want to achieve stuff, then he's your boy. Um, but he even tells a story of somebody like Robin Williams, who he's asked groups of people, uh, you know, he speaks to hundreds, thousands of people at a time, and said, who here, put up your hand if you love Robin Williams. Like, not if you like Robin Williams, but put up your hand if you love Robin Williams. And of course, like, the whole room, hands go up. Uh, Massive number of people. And you say, look, think about this guy. This was a guy who um, wanted to be on television, you know, wanted to be a successful stand-up comedian, and he did it. Then he wanted to get on television, and he did it. Then he wanted to have the number one TV show, and he did it. He wanted to win an Oscar for something other than comedy, which is what he was known for, and he did it. Mm. And what happened? He took his own life, right? Now, there's some health-related issues that were behind that choice as well. I think that's a fair point to raise, but... To me, even when you look at a life that says, for all that I've achieved, if you know my health now is suffering, it means that nothing else is worth persevering with. Um, that's a guy who mastered achievement, but he wasn't happy. It, 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 didn't, it didn't keep him full of the joy to live every day. Mm. So if you can master enjoyment, it sounds a bit, I don't know, again, hippie maybe. I don't know. You know what? As I say that, that's not fair. Because I think it actually needs to be seen as a, a noble and worthy pursuit. Not from a pursuit of enjoyment that says, um, you know, I am happy. But one that instead recognizes that if you live a life that you enjoy, that is to be celebrated. Um, that is something that is commendable. Um, that means you've been integral. I don't think you can enjoy something if you're not integral every day. I think if you're going to work and hating what you do, hating the people that you work with, uh, it's cowardly. Mm. It's cowardly. Um, and if you're listening to this, I, I don't say that to, to get, you know, in your face or anything, but there's stuff that you want to do and you know it. There's stuff that I want to do and I know it. Um, so do it. Start. Do something. Do something. Um, that is That is bold. That is courageous. That's to be celebrated. Oh, definitely. And I think the reason why it is bold and it's courageous is because there's a huge amount of, like, uh, you know, embarrassment and fear mm. and trepidation that's attached to us stepping out of the roles that have been given to us. Yeah. And doing something different. Mm. Um, and so we try and we try and fit into norms that that will make us accepted and, <laughs> and so and doing anything outside of that is extremely it's it, yeah it's scary yeah and you could fail tim and you can fail you and, could and fail. look like a fool i mean it, you know you know this probably you probably know the stat more accurately than i do but what is it about like millionaires have had how many bankruptcies before they've 
Oh, it's, yeah, it's about six or seven is the average, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's quite a high number, right? So, like, either way, these are people who have, have learned that failure is not the end. Um, sadly, a lot of us live insulated lives enough that we never really experience deep failure, like deep, kind of like waking up in the middle of the night, like... Uh, you know, I mean, I remember points in my life where that exact kind of thing, like waking up at two, three o'clock in the morning, not because I wanted to, <laughs> but just because it's like, oh God, you know. Um, so because we don't experience that deep failure, uh, we we insulate ourselves from it. We never learn that on the other side of that failure is realizing that maybe the worst thing that ever happened to you isn't going to be the end of you. Because for me, when I experienced something like that, I, that was exactly what I found was like, hang on a minute, this is the worst thing that I could have experienced. And for me, it actually was more of a relationship thing than it was a, a work thing. But when that happened, I was like, okay, I've experienced the worst thing that I could have imagined, but it didn't take me out. Oh, okay. Well, maybe what else have I got to fear then? <laughs> like, you know, what else is there to be afraid of? Um, but you only experience it by failing. And it's, it, I make it sound really elegant. It wasn't elegant. It wasn't like I went through going, oh, this is great. I'm learning how to fail. Woohoo. Like it was, it was horrible. Uh, you know, I wouldn't wish that on somebody. Um, but we have a view that says that failure and, and vulnerability and, and weeping and pain and uncertainty are things to be avoided. And that if you planned better, if you were better educated, then these things wouldn't happen to you. Well, almost use an expletive go bless yourself like <laughs> that that's that's not how it is man that is not a noble life that is a cowardly life a life that tries to control everything and says no i'm only gonna do things that i'm certain about you live a narrow little box yeah maybe you get a house and a mortgage Woo! yay i mean i don't want to be dismissive just in there like i want a house sure but to never experience failure because you insulated yourself from it um, you know, that is where you get to the end of your life. That's where midlife crisis has come from. Mm. Uh, the sudden realization that you've been pushing aside for 20 plus years of your working life that says, you don't believe in this. You never have believed in this. Why did you do this? Uh, and then the fear, which by the way, is also a lie that says, well, you're too far down now. You're too deep. You can't change things. You're stuck. Um, I don't believe that either, but that's what prompts this kind of, I'm going to do stupid stuff and people, you know, ruin their families or they... Uh, you know, go out and spend risk, you know, spend money on stuff they shouldn't spend money on or just take risks they shouldn't take and all that kind of thing. Like, um, that's where that comes from for me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that whole process of going through suffering and going through failure is, is something that is, people perceive it as something to be avoided at all costs. Whereas if you look, you know, people that you that you admire or people who have done great things, mm. they've always had huge failures and they've always yeah. gone through massive amounts of suffering. And mm. every single time, well, at least in my experience, what, what I've read and what I've listened to, mm. they've all come out the other side better for it and, and grateful that it happened to them, yeah. which is which is the weirdest thing because mm. even if you've gone through that kind of stuff, you think, man, oh, that was the worst. That was really <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Like, that was painful. That was really yeah. ripped me up, but I'm... Mm. I'm grateful that it happened. And you're yeah. like, that's just, it seems counterintuitive. Yeah. But it's always the case. If you think about anybody that we admire, you know, if I want to talk about an easy target would be people like, uh, if I said like Mother Teresa, you know, somebody like Mother Teresa, here was somebody who lived in the slums of Calcutta, had a difficult life by all sense. But do we admire this woman? Yeah, we do. Wow. Wow. What an amazing person. 
Um, even when we look superficially at like Olympic athletes, and I'll pick somebody like, say, Michael Phelps, for example, how many countless hours did he spend in the pool? You know, he'd been doing that stuff since he was like 14, probably younger than that, I don't know. However young he was. The point is, this was a massive process. He went through a whole bunch of difficulty. Uh, and people that we celebrate are people who have suffered. We celebrate people who have suffered. And who are the people that we despise in our culture? Um, I shouldn't name names, but I'll go with this one anyway. Uh, people like Kim Kardashian, right? People don't like her. Why? Because they see that she's got all the stuff, but she didn't do anything for it. Mm. Now, I, I actually don't think that's completely fair because you say what you like, but that woman knows marketing really, really well. Um, and, you know, sure, there were some things that happened in her life that helped launch her career, which we probably shouldn't talk about in too much detail. But, you know, all to say that we don't like people who seem to just get handed stuff. We don't, we don't like that story. We don't admire those kind of people. Uh, or at least, I don't think people of, people of character don't value those people. Mm. Unfortunately, again, when I talked about those stories that get promoted in the media, um, some people have now, you know, especially younger uh, you know, the younger generation see that kind of thing and think that's the life that I can or should have and that makes them miserable you know I can be happy I can I can have this million dollar thing with no no training no education no time spent uh, no struggle whatever and it's an unrealistic expectation but all to say if I think about some of the most beautiful people that I know they're not people who haven't suffered they wouldn't be people who say yeah I've had it easy I got it all handed to me on a the old silver platter um and the people who we often find are those that we don't want to spend a lot of time with are those who are entitled, those who have uh, had a bit of a, a fortunate run and maybe don't even recognize it, um, who lack the graciousness that comes with failure. Uh, so tying this all the, back, all the way back to what we were first talking about, when we then talk about what our work is, you start to recognize that just what you do uh, nine to five, not that anyone really just works nine to five anymore for the most part, can't, can't be the only thing that you're about. I mean, it's important. Don't get me wrong. We're made to work. We, 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 just, we fall apart if we don't have anything to do. Mm. Um, the stats on people who die early when they retire early are quite, actually quite high. People who've got this goal of retiring. I want to get to this point. I want to retire by 55. I want to retire by 60. And then they're dead by 65, 70. Yeah. Uh, because their whole goal was to not do anything. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't work like that. Mm. Uh, that's why people who are unemployed for a long period of time become depressed. Uh, that's not part of our makeup. So work is important, uh, but it's all the extra stuff we've bolted onto it that really makes it this, um, this monster that's all-consuming. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the weight of expectation that we put on it, yeah. what, what it's going to give us. Yeah. I think, you know, so like, there's a couple of things we've talked about. So... You know, we're saying, you know, don't be afraid to dare greatly and, mm. and, and, and when suffering happens to you, embrace it in a way that you know that there will be a purpose for that suffering and you can come mm. out the other side mm. um, better for it. Yeah. If in, if in the, the suffering you're not looking at yourself, but you're mm. managing to stay grateful and to look at the things you still have yeah. in, the, in the worst situations. Mm. And then when you do dare greatly and you do try and find work that mm. is more fulfilling, I think looking at it from a perspective of I'm going to do this because I want a better life or I want, I want, <laughs> yeah. I want like you, you're missing the point, you know, yeah. like it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a matter of, well, I'm just going to take massive mm. risk and I'm going to, I'm going to do all these things so that I can have lots of money and then I'll be mm. happy, you know, cause mm. then you, you, it, it's the same circle. Yeah. Whereas if you can kind of, you know, 
step out of the boat of, of, of this insulated, comfortable life and look at suffering mm. as something that you can have value from. Mm. Um, but in the process of that, you know, look outside of yourself and see what you can do for other people, how you can improve other people's yeah. lives. Look at the things that you've already got and look at the people in your life that you've mm. got and learn to value that and be mm. grateful and thankful for that. You know, during that process, it's going to make the whole thing a lot easier. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, there's a lot I could add to that. I think that's, that's <laughs> absolutely it. Um, yeah. Because I think the tough part, you know, for people listening to this is they might be in a situation where like, well, you know, right. I am insulated. I, well, maybe I have gone through suffering and you agree with us or you might not agree with us and think, well, that was just a bad mm. thing that happened and there yeah. was nothing to be gained from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I would say to that as well is that to, to balance this stuff, there is a lot of talk um, that I hear from motivational kind of circles and career advice that says, hey, if you don't 100% love your life right now, just you know, change it. Like if you hate your job, just throw it out the window. If you hate this, just get rid of it. Um, I see some of the value of that advice that you can be stuck for a long time and not do something when you could do something about it. Uh, but I would balance that with also saying that I think there is something to be said for the value of the process. Um, and if I look at my life right now, there have been seasons in my life that I haven't enjoyed, but they have added value to me. Uh, and so I have committed to things, not because I loved every waking minute of it, but because I saw value in it. Um, and that I could take something of value. And I guess when you're talking about suffering, to me, you know, anytime that you are experiencing because so, suffering is pain that you don't deserve. That's kind of the essence of suffering to me. We don't mind, we understand punishment. You know, if you've screwed up and somebody punishes you, you're like, well, yeah, okay, I mean, this sucks, but okay, I mean, you know, I get it, right? If you get fired because you stole from the place you work from, you're like, well, this is crap, but yeah, okay, I mean, I get it. But suffering is the pain that you say, I don't deserve this. Mm. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why me? Uh, you know, and all of our inherent selfishness kind of bubbles to the surface, right? Um, but in, in that suffering, if you have a belief that there is value to be derived from it for your development, um, to, to complete the point I was looking to make, you know, instead of looking at a difficult situation, just bailing on it. I mean, I, I can't but help for my life, for my own life. I look at, say, biblical narratives of, of people that I admired. People like, say, your, your Josephs and Davids and things like that. Uh, if that's significant to you, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, maybe look it up. Um, but these were people who, who, if you ask them at certain points in their lives, do you love your life right now? Is this everything you hoped and dreamed it would be? Are you just thrilled with your work? Uh, I mean, Joseph is a story of, you know, that's where the Technicolor Dreamcoat story comes from, right? A guy who was uh, born into a privileged family, but then sold as a slave. Uh, and then after things went south as a slave, he even ended up in jail. If you said to him, hey, Joseph, do you love your life right now? Oh, I just change it, bro. You know, just, just, you know, what's he going to do? Like, even if he's working for a slave, hey, if you hate being a slave, just bail on it, man. Just run away. Like, you don't need this for your life. Um, there was an element of committing to the process that he took part in that made him the kind of person who could later on lead a nation. Now, that might sound a little, um, I don't know, a little too grand for what most of us have envisaged, but I think life can be grander than a lot of us plan anyway. But for me, I look at that and say, look, even if you don't love everything about your life right now, it's okay to ask yourself the question of, well, what would I do if things were different? But I also think, man, there's value in the process. There's value in, in committing to something and following it through. Mm. 
that we've also lost because we do want instant gratification. And man, you learn through hard stuff. That's just that, you know, that's the way it is. Now you can learn out of a sense of lack. You can grow out of a sense of, I better do this because I don't have enough. And that drives a lot of people. Or you can grow out of a sense of following the things that you're naturally fascinated and engaged by. You'll still have difficulty and challenges, but it's a different kind of pain than the pain of I'm suffering through something that I also don't believe in. I agree. So all to say that there's value in that. Um, but I do think too, it behooves us uh, to ask ourselves a question, to have the courage to say, well, what what do I love? What do I really enjoy? Because I think a lot of us avoid that question because sometimes the answer is painful because it says, well, then if you really believe that, why are you doing what you're doing right now? That's a horrible feeling. I've had that feeling. I don't recommend that feeling. But at the same time, I wouldn't be here without that feeling. Mm. Well, you ask yourself that question and then what, you know, what, what pops out isn't something that you feel <laughs> yeah. is going to be accepted by your friends and family in social yeah. circles. So I, I guess in that sense, you know, people would rather just avoid the question yeah. and yeah. just trundle along in life, mm. getting the things that they think they need. Exactly. But then ultimately finding it doesn't make them happy. So if, if you love everything about your life right now, then you just keep doing what you're doing. If there's any sense of dissatisfaction, there has to be, well, what's that definition of insanity, right? Is doing the same stuff over and over and expecting a, a different, different result. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, kudos to whoever came up with that. Cause I'm pretty sure if you look in the dictionary, that's not the definition, but well done. Well played. Um, but uh, you know, I think there is something to be said for the courage to look at that, the courage to be dissatisfied, the courage to be unhappy, the courage to wish for better, uh, and then to confide in people and work towards that. That's admirable. Um, and we are more than just our work. Uh, we are the difference we make in the community around us uh, with our own families. Um, I mean, imagine, you know, so many people sacrifice their family for their career uh, and then they get to the top of their career and then go, that wasn't worth it. So if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Oh, that's beautiful. No, actually, that sounded really cynical. I actually do believe that. That's really true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. It's not my quote, but it's a nice one. So, all being said, um, I think this is a topic that we could talk about for another three hours. Mm. But we're not going to today because you guys need to get to your activities. (laughs) So I think that's a a nice note to end it. Yeah. Um, Don't feel like work is the be all and end all of life. Hmm. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Yep. Don't be afraid of suffering. Hmm. Um, don't make happiness a goal into itself. Yeah. That's really big. Um, I'm trying to summarize everything. That's <laughs> Just listen to it again. This is why we record these things. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Cool. Well, that's thanks for, about if it. anyone listened this far, thank you for, hanging on yeah give us your feedback too by the way i'm going to post this on um on my facebook page uh tim probably do the same thing um just love to get your feedback as as well if there's a topic you want us to to touch on then we'd be happy to do that as well um but yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening we'll see you next time